0: Hi, it's Tracy monok and today I'll be reading two chapters from my menopause memoir. Chapter 11 on stress and chapter 12 on mood swings and anxiety. And I'm also excited to share the story or the original story that Clarissa Christensen from Sweden, who is a menopause holistic health counsellor, she has recorded her chapter for today. So chapter 11, stress. The double-edged sword. Because at any point in our lives we will experience some level of stress or face a situation that impacts how our body has to deal with stress. As women, we have many daily stresses and these often have to do with other people. Relationship stress can come from partners, children, parents or even friendships. As nurturers, we take on this stress and internalise it. Work performance stress is another aspect, with many women trying to balance everything on the home front while working and maintaining a high level of performance. And don't even get me started on lockdown stress, which is something every single person on the planet can attest to. And for those of you who are parents, there is the additional stress caused by homeschooling and maintaining a positive environment without knowing when this pandemic is ever going to end. There were some specific high stress situations for me personally that I can recall. Having babies and going back to work so soon after, oh my heart, (laughs) work travel and babies, international travel for work and taking the babies or leaving them at home, losing a job. I was completely blindsided on that one and was faced with the sudden possibility of having to move countries in 30 days starting a new business and all the unknowns that come with that, financial stress of schooling in a country where your children can't attend the local schools and so you have to pay for private education, seeking a diagnosis for my neurodiverse son and figuring out how best to help him while wondering what life will be like for him, experiencing perimenopause and not having anyone to talk to about this, One significant moment that brought home the effects of stress on my body was during a home breast examination in the shower. I ran my hand under my right armpit and hit up against some bumps that I hadn't noticed before. I completely fell apart. I'd had a number of events that I can identify as causing extra stress in my life and I could feel the effects before noticing the lumps. Dave and I picked up the phone and scheduled an appointment the next day to investigate. I didn't sleep that night thinking it was my turn, I'm the one in seven. I knew the stats. I'm an avid supporter in breast cancer campaigns and events and I have double digit friends that have had cancer. At the appointment the doctor spent over 60 minutes completing an ultrasound. She told me she could see the lumps and there were a number of them and she couldn't say for sure if it was anything to be concerned about. My ultrasound results would go to the specialist. Five days later, five days later, think about high stress, no sleep, oh the irony, I met with the breast cancer specialist who confirmed that I did not have breast cancer, but immediately hit me up with questions pertaining to my lifestyle and stress levels. Her questions were the writing on the wall. I had to address the stress and make the changes, a wake up call for sure. Within nine months, I had two more follow up appointments before the ultrasounds showed no sign of lumps. On arrival to New Zealand, I had a mammogram within six months and was given the all clear. I know you'll be able to relate to many of these scenarios, and it is what stress does to your body, particularly during perimenopause, that is terrifying. We all know that stress has been listed as a killer for middle-aged men, with the classic heart attack that is commonly attributed to high blood pressure and clogged arteries. Women are not immune to this, and as estrogen drops away, our likelihood of heart problems increases. When we don't sleep or are emotionally, mentally, and physically stressed, there is an increase in cortisol, our stress hormone. This impacts melatonin, which is our sleep hormone, and insulin, our blood sugar hormone. You may have heard that not sleeping is the reason why many people are finding it harder to lose weight. They may may even notice weight accumulating on the belly, despite consistent exercise and good nutrition. There are studies to show that this is indeed the case. Excess cortisol in the body also affects progesterone, that feel-good, nice, calm hormone. Without progesterone, your body becomes further inflamed and this makes it difficult to sleep and raises levels of anxiety. With estrogen dropping off, your body is more challenged to regulate cortisol, so it flows around your system, wreaking all kinds of havoc. Basically, if you're used to be able to handle high levels of stress before, it's gonna be a right shit show now. Hey, in case you didn't know, I have a new online course coming out in June, It will help you to figure out what is happening with your hormones and what you can do to get your mojo back. I cover the topics of sleep, fitness training, nutrition, stress, community, and joy, and each module comes with downloadable PDFs so you can start implementing my recommendations and feel better through the menopause transition. I'll be offering preferential pricing for the course to the first 200 subscribers to Sexy Aging website, so tap the link in the show notes to sign up for more information. You can also check out my website for blog posts, all the podcast episodes, and links to my book, My Menopause Memoir. Chapter 12, Mood Swings and Anxiety. This is an emotionally painful symptom to share, and it has been one of the greatest lessons through my late 40s and until today. I value being calm, measured, and balanced in my perspective on life, which is to know what you can control versus what you can't control. I am an emotionally driven human when it comes to creativity and I listen to my gut instinct on what feels right and then I do the research and study to evaluate whether my gut is on point, particularly when it comes to business decisions and key life decisions. When I think back to 2020, I would guess that every human on the planet experienced some level of anxiety, Knowing how stress and anxiety affects perimenopausal symptoms, I can share that I've had moments of anxiety caused by the unknowns of living through a pandemic. There are a number of situations I could write about, but one distinct memory springs to mind. This was the moment where I knew that there was something very wrong, but I still couldn't relate it to perimenopause at that time. I was driving to work. A situation of conflict flared up in my head you know the kind where you've had a disagreement with someone or you don't agree with their view but you haven't told them yet. You stayed silent but under that silence a spark flares. That spark became a fireball in my head and feelings of rage soared as I went to battle with unknowing individual. The story blew up and I swear brain cells were exploding with the sheer ferocity of the discussion in my head. To be honest, as I write this, I can't even recall what the conversation or disagreement might have been about. I know I had let it go a long time ago, but the craziness of the imagined situation has left a deep scar. I managed to drive to work and park my car. Once I had parked, a wave of fear and shame washed over me. I was so scared of my thoughts. I was thinking about crashing the car. I started to think about how my family would feel about me dying and if they would be better off without me. I sat in the car and I cried over the feelings I would never experienced before. Despair, worry, frustration. Was I going mad? Was I depressed? Questioning my state of mind really shook me to my core. I did manage to pull myself together but I was very saddened and confused by this experience. I'm an extremely proactive person when it comes to my health, and that includes my mental health. This experience was before the movement of being open to how you're feeling and comfortably reaching out to talk to someone. I knew these feelings were not right for me. After all, I had a healthy and loving family, a comfortable home, meaningful work, wonderful friends, but I felt alone and wrecked. A few weeks after this incident, I approached a friend to share that I thought I might have mild depression. Here I was, self-diagnosing as I often do. I didn't get the response or support I probably needed, but then no one really knew or felt comfortable with that discussion. And in hindsight, I know a lot of my friends and work colleagues looked to me as a source of guidance and strength. I mean, how could it be me who was having feelings of inadequacy, fear and depression? That word, inadequacy? That's a dirty little word. It has been the underlying and root cause of all the wonderful opportunities and adventures I might have taken, but I didn't. As I sit here writing, making my fingers type these words, I know someone out there is feeling all the feels for the times imposter syndrome has rocked their world. I know those tears. I know that fear. The doubt and questioning where you have a wonderful idea, dream, or a goal, but you talk yourself down because you fear... You are incapable. Let me share this with you. You are all you were meant to be and more. Your life experiences, your knowledge gained, your successes and your failures have brought you to this place where you are ready to shine and move on in this amazing life stage. That idea, that course, that passion project, the world needs that now. If I can sit here and write and start to build out my dreams of helping women through midlife, then you can follow your dreams too follow your dreams and have one or two good people in your corner who know what you hope to achieve. These are people you trust who will keep you on the path when you start to move away from your goal dream or project. They will also be honest with you but they will never bring up those feelings of inadequacy and that can't happen again because you are needed. 50% of perimenopausal women will experience mood changes, anxiety or depression Knowing the statistic, I am kicking myself that I didn't reach out to anyone and speak about my experience earlier. It's those pesky hormones again. Serotonin, the happy hormone, is lowering along with GABA, gamma-aminobitric acid. GABA is a neurotransmitter which produces a calming effect. As progesterone drops, GABA's receptors don't bind as effectively and drags out the feelings of stress and anxiety. There's also a strong correlation between anxiety and women who experience hot flashes. But it's not yet known which one comes first. I mean, I would think that you would get anxious when you're having a hot flash, and then getting a hot flash would make you freak out
1: equally. When I first went into perimenopause in my early 40s, I was a bit like a swan from the outside. You would think I was very much in control, but underneath I was paddling furiously. But I was always on time, working hard. I was planned, helpful and confident and calm. As my perimenobores progressed, my anxiety rose. I started to panic in meetings, not knowing when to shut up, as if I'd lost all my emotional intelligence, leading to painful encounters with senior manager's who told me bluntly to shut up, and how my anxiety made others anxious. The tipping point was when I had a panic attack in the office lobby. I was feeling pretty panicky when my new boss hadn't spoken to me all week. I wondered what I'd done wrong and whether I was going to be dismissed from my role – classic cognitive dissonance that accompanies anxiety. I have no idea what I said when he suddenly came out of the adjacent lift. The words tumbled out. I could barely breathe. And he looked at me and just said, did you run up the stairs, maybe you should take the lift next time. He then turned on his heels. I cried and from somewhere in the depths of my mind a person's name came to me and I googled her back at my desk. And from that moment on, I began to take steps to manage my anxiety. Mindfulness was my way forward. Learning to look at my thoughts, slowing down and anchoring in the present. While accepting that I am a high-functioning anxiety sufferer for the first time. I don't have to respond that way. Today, as a menopause coach, I understand why anxiety happens and have coached and counselled hundreds of women to walk through their menopausal anxiety and find peace. Sadly, they're often dismissed, given antidepressants, and even sent to therapists who tell them they have GAD, generalised anxiety. They have menopause-induced anxiety, which can come out of nowhere. And of course, when we understand what's going on with this hormonally, is it so surprising that we feel anxious? When we have a drop in progesterone, which is a buffer against cortisol, so we feel the impacts of stress more acutely, plus oestrogen, a powerful hormone with multiple sites in our brain centres concerned with emotional regulation, fluctuates and declines. The critical thing is to recognise that you are not alone. You can take steps to help yourself, like slowing down, resting, Relaxing, taking a course in mindfulness or meditation, or seeking help from talk therapy with a knowledgeable practitioner. By learning to self regulate, you can become the mistress of your moods and manage your anxiety.
0: Hey, thank you so much, Clarissa, for sharing your story. It really does help other women know that they're not alone during this menopause transition and a lot of the challenges that come with it. So, here are some tips for supporting stress, mood swings, and anxiety. Number one, address the stress. Understanding what your stresses are, whether they are young kids, teens, aging parents, work, relationships, finance, pandemics, and what you can and cannot change, is an important place to begin. Journaling can help with clarifying the challenges. Seeing it written down and knowing that it's real or imagined provides clear insights. I found that some of my perceived stresses were actually stories I was making up in my head. Oh man, I could take that story to catastrophic levels. Number two, having a trusted confidant. Being able to consult and converse with a trusted friend, partner or professional helps to provide perspective and emotional support. Feelings of helplessness and loneliness simply compound your challenges further. Number three, meditation learning how to quiet the mind this is a real skill and it takes time but it truly works science supports it giving your head space time to move away from the stress helps to calm the parasympathetic nervous system and lower those cortisol and adrenaline levels and number four sleep yep if you've been listening to the other podcast episodes on my menopause memoir i sound like a broken record but get this sorted. There's a reason why that is the first symptom in the book. And if you haven't yet listened to some of the other episodes from my menopause memoir, scroll back, have a look, find the one on sleep. It's number one. Until next time. See ya.